Episode four, the pro journey. What does it actually take? Here's a quote from Xavi, who played for Barcelona FC. In football, the result is an imposter. You can do things really, really well, but not win. There's something greater than the result, more lasting, a legacy. I felt like this quote is perfect for what the pro journey actually stands for and what it actually takes. When you're in this process of trying to become a pro, you're in this journey, there's something more important than the win. It's the grind. It's the process. It's the journey to actually get somewhere. It's your legacy. The question I want to ask you next is, to you as a parent or a player, what's more important to you? Winning State Cup at U15 or signing your first pro contract? The reason why I'm asking you that question is there's not necessarily, at least in this country, a correlation between winning and becoming a pro. Especially, especially in the young ages. U9 to U15. So you could change whatever age group. You could go younger. You could say, what's more important? Winning the Figo Cup at 12 years old. Or going on to be a pro. I highly doubt there's anybody that could sit here and say, I'd rather win X tournament than be a professional player. As a player. Right? Maybe a parent, you want that gratification. But again, I would still think that as a parent, and I'm not a parent yet, that you would rather say, yeah, my son plays pro. He plays for... Manchester City, just an example. So, the pro journey is about the process, the journey, the adventure. It's about leaving your legacy. So, in the last episode, I brought you Nick's blueprint. And this episode, I'm going to dive into what it actually takes during this During this 10 years or these next 10 years, whenever you're starting this process, this journey, what it actually takes. Let's get started. So when we're talking about the pro journey, there's really four main categories that you have to be obsessed in. The first one is sacrifice. The question I have is for a player, whose dream is it? Is it yours or is it your parents? Who actually wants to be a pro? You need to understand this premise. If you're going to make it at whatever level, and I'll even throw college into this mix. If you're going to make it as a college player, it has to be your dream. You have to want it. You have to want to make it your legacy. I can't, the motivation can't come from an external factor like mom and dad. It has to come from you internally. 
Part two, nutrition. What does your diet and hydration look like? So for example, are you making the same mistakes I did as a kid? Because my parents didn't know. On average, I used to have a Slurpee a day. You know, from 7-Eleven, the Slurpees. I used to have one a day on average as a young kid. My parents didn't, te- didn't teach me. They didn't know how detrimental soda or a frozen soda, for example, is for you. And that leads into the hydration part, right? What are you drinking? So I just gave you the example. I'm, I was drinking a Slurpee a day on average as a young kid. Had no idea. I had no idea frozen Coke was bad for you. Or Mountain Dew was bad for you. I was never educated in that premise. So you have to get the nutrition part right. You have to try and cut out junk food. You're going to have to cut out soda. Anything that's processed, you're going to have to cut out. If you think that sounds hard, this might not be for you. Because if you look at the top professionals in the world... And any sport, their diet is strict. They'll sacrifice eating French fries or ice cream or soda. What are you willing to give up? Comes back to the sacrifice part. What are you willing to give up to reach the next step? To reach the next level. To reach the highest level. And again it comes down to hydration. What are you drinking? Are you drinking a lot of water? If you're not drinking a lot of water. That means you're drinking something else. Sodas. Teas. Juices. Not necessarily the best thing for you. Some maybe. Some juices can be good for you. But you have to be taking care of your body from a nutrition standpoint. This leads me to point three, rest. Are you getting ample rest every night? Are you going to bed early and getting up early? So for example, going to bed at nine o'clock, waking up at seven, just using two numbers. Or are you staying up all night until... 2 a.m. and getting up at 6 or getting up at 11, right? You might still be getting your hours in if you're doing it the other way, but the early bird gets the worm. You need to be pushing yourself. Maybe you get an extra training session before school, right? You, If you go to school, for example, at 8.30, you can get up at 6 o'clock and go train, I read a quote about Kobe Bryant, and he used to get up at 4.30 in the morning to practice, and he wouldn't leave until he scored 800 baskets. That's how serious his work ethic was. He sacrificed everything to make it, and it paid off in the end. So, Part four, supplemental training. And I touched on this in the last episode. Are you training on your own 
Are you playing in pickup games? Are you going out and trying to find places to play? And are you getting advice from your coaches or people that you can trust for things that you can work on? For example, your strengths and weaknesses. You have to be doing those things. Now, I'm going to add into supplemental training. There's three more elements to this as a subtopic. Because if you're not doing these things, I wish you the best of luck. The first is, you're going to watch pro games. If your goal is to be a pro, you're going to spend time and watch, for example, the Premier League every weekend. You're going to watch the Champions League on Tuesday, Thursday. You're going to make that a reality. You're going to make that happen. You're willing to give up, let's say, video game time, and you're trading that to learn more from the best players in the world. You're going to watch three to five games a week. And you're not just going to follow the ball. You're going to watch for specific players. Like Kevin De Bruyne. Like Mohamed Salah. You're also going to be reading, studying, and learning. For example, there are plenty of movies, plenty of books, plenty of TV type shows that are centered around the game. Hell, you can go on YouTube, search up games, and watch them. For example, this past week, during this coronavirus, I've spent and gone back and watched games from the 2002 World Cup. And that that tournament is where I fell in love with soccer. Two games that I watched are Brazil versus England. That England team was one of my favorite ever with like David Beckham, Paul Scholes, Steven Gerrard, Rito Ferdinand, Michael Owen. On the same side, that Brazil team, again, one of my favorites. Cafu, Roberto Carlos, Ronaldinho, Kaká was there, Ronaldo, Rivaldo. In that tournament, the United States men's national team performed very well. Made it to the quarterfinals. I re-watched the USA versus Germany game where they lost 1-0 in the quarterfinals. And in the first half, the United States was all over Germany. That tournament is where I truly fell in love with the game. I connected with something because I was watching games. I was studying the content. I was learning. I would spend time reading books. I still read soccer books today. I just wrote a book on the college recruiting process and how to maneuver through that. I'm still continuously learning and pushing myself to be better. A couple ideas for you to watch or or read about. The first one is I highly recommend watching a movie called Concrete Football. It's a story about French street soccer. 
In this movie, they have players like Riyad Mahrez, Benatia, Arier. Guys that have played for some of the best teams in the world. That includes teams like PSG, Man City, Bayern Munich. There's another movie I would highly recommend you watch. It's called Goal, The Dream Begins. And its story is premised around watching a young player named Santiago work his way up into the pro level in in Europe, in England first, and then gets an opportunity to go to Real Madrid. And it's a great story and provides a little bit of insight into how the industry actually works. You have to understand that this is an industry. It's a business. Things do need to go your way. Having any sort of insight will help you maneuver through that. And I'm sure there are plenty of books that you can read and learn from as a player. Even if you read, for example, David Beckham's autobiography, I'm sure there's something in there you could read to learn from. Or find a book on soccer tactics and start learning about the different positions how many of you or do you know what your job is on the field and what position as a parent do you know that do you know what the goalkeeper needs to do do you know what the number eight number seven number 11 number nine their roles are on the field the last part of the supplemental training aspect is networking The reason why networking is so important is one, you never know who will be able to help you. And two, you never know who's watching. So when it comes to networking, are you willing to go meet new people and showcase your talent in front of them? And maybe it's through, for example, Instagram. Maybe it's through Facebook. Or maybe it's in person. But you have to be willing to go meet somebody and be open to meeting new people. Introducing yourself. Showing your story. Telling your story. Making sure you have a CV, which is a soccer resume, that highlights your soccer playing career. And I want to end you on the networking part with this. It doesn't matter if you're the best player in the world if you don't showcase your talent in front of the right people you won't be noticed you won't be noticed it's about who you know to get the job it's about what you know to keep it that's a quote from my college professor dr susan foster it's about who you know to get the job it's about what you know to keep it. Now, I'm going to finish this up on and kind of break down because this is, again, the episode about the pro journey. What does it actually take? There's three phases that need to kind of go in order for a player to reach the pinnacle of the sport. And I'm just summarizing this for you, so don't understand that there's more detail to this. Obviously, a lot more. The first is phase one, individual development. The player needs to be developed before they can work in a team successfully. So what does that take? 
on a general scale, that's going to be improving individual technical skills, improving speed and agility and coordination, improving individual IQ, and obviously physical and mental abilities. And I've mentioned before, technique involves passing, dribbling, skills, receiving, shooting, and first touch. A lot of these things obviously can be developed in team practice and also on your own as you learned in the last episode. So before a player can be successful in a team, individually they have to be very proficient. Phase two would be group development. This is working in, say, groups of like two, three, and four. So once you understand the individual aspect, those 1v1 elements, then you start adding and collaborating in groups, groups of two, groups of three, groups of four. So those 2v1s, those 2v2s, those 3v2s, those really small-sided team concept, team concepts that allow you to develop both offensive and defensive principles on a small scale. Once you start getting those concepts tactically, then we can start talking about a team concept. Now, in this country, we have, at this moment, and I'm not a fan of this, by the way, and this will be another episode, but we have 7v7, 9v9, and 11v11. You need to have mastered the individual and the group aspects of 2, 3, and 4, maybe up to 5, before we can start talking about success and players being able to play at 7v7, 9v9, and 11v11. We're talking about the pro journey, which means it's a process, it's a step-to-step ladder to get there. It's like going to school. You go through grade 1 to grade 12. Same principle. You need to take the actual steps to get there. I'm actually going to share with you a video of a top college basketball program. And the coach is talking about, he was asked a question about his team's performance lately. And are they going to do something different because they lost a couple games? He essentially says, nope, we're going, to stay the, we're going to stay the course. It's a process. The players need to get to school early, sit in the first couple rows, take notes, pay attention in class, take care of their bodies, go to the training room, watch video, stay out of the dollar menu, eat a lot of good food. And there's a lot more to this concept. And I'm going to share you the video. It's about a minute long. Go watch it to understand the process. This one-minute clip delivers so much insight into what a college player and hire needs to be able to do to stay at that level. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode and really learned more of what it takes to become a pro and the journey responsible to get there. Stay tuned for the next episode.